If you're passionate about your ride, you're in the right place. Todd Bianco is talking cars, trucks, crossovers, electric and hybrid vehicles, and amazing auction and used car finds. This is all revved up from iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad to be with you this afternoon. Uh, let's see. I've got some housekeeping, I guess. We need to... There's two name changes in the car world that we didn't know about. So let's just talk about that for a second. Uh, Daimler Inc., which is the parent company of Mercedes-Benz, has decided to change its name to Mercedes-Benz because I guess that's what everybody calls it. Uh, the original name of the company was Daimler-Benz AG, and then when it merged with Chrysler, it changed its name to you know Daimler-Chrysler, and then when it booted that, it decided to just to change its name to Daimler again. So now people identify it really just as Mercedes-Benz, so they've changed it to that. And Kia Motors is no longer Kia Motors, it's just Kia. And I think they did that so that this is as they move into electrification that they didn't want to be associated just with, I guess, a motor, even though we, electric motors are motors. And uh, But they've just decided to be Kia. It's a more uh, all-encompassing brand name. So those are the two name changes for this week. Some news that's that we've got lots of news. First of all, last uh, last month when uh, Joe Biden came into office as president of the United States, one of his executive orders was that he wants to replace the entire U.S. fleet of cars with electric vehicles that are made in the United States. Uh, the U.S. fleet consists of 645,000 vehicles, approximately. Uh, that's according to the latest report. Uh, this includes 245,000 civilian vehicles, 173,000 military, and 225,000 post office vehicles. Uh, the announcement did not give a timeline because I don't think they want to have their feet held to the fire. Because first of all, there's not there aren't that many cars for them to buy right now that are made in the USA and not everything can be a Tesla. So uh, they've, uh, uh, they're going to take at least a decade probably to get to this point, but there's many things that are, you know, like the U S postal postal service fleet is one of the perfect ones to uh, electrify. I mean, the postal service knows exactly how many miles each one of their delivery trucks drives every day. And, you know, they come back to a yard, they're refueled and they go out again. There's no reason, <clears throat> there's no reason why that simply couldn't be, you know, they go out, they drive, pick a number, a hundred miles during the day, they come back uh, and they plug it in and they're ready again in the morning. They'll be um, cheaper to run by far because the, the fuel, uh, cost of gasoline is far more than the cost of recharging the cars overnight uh, or the vans, I guess, is what they would be. And uh, the uh, uh, their maintenance itself, I mean, there's very little maintenance to do on, electric, on an electric car. So uh, saving on all the oil and, you know, uh, brake changes and all those kinds of things are, you know, basically gone when you're dealing with that in a uh, – in an electric vehicle. So I think this is going to be quite exciting. Uh, hopefully that doesn't get reversed in the future, but uh, electrifying the entire fleet of cars in the United States is a possibility. Uh, and that would be, you know, good for our future. Um, someone with uh, probably more time on their hands than needs to be has cracked the naming structure of Tesla's vehicles uh, for the future. Now, remember, we have right now uh, the Model S, the Model 3, the Model X, and the Model Y. And it was supposed to sell 
uh, spell sexy, but apparently Ford had a trademark on Model E. So just an E reversed or just stylized, uh, they used Model 3 for that. So right now we have sexy. Um, the upcoming vehicles are as follows, the Cybertruck, an ATV that goes with the Cybertruck, the Roadster, and the Semi. So we're going to have, that spells cars, C-A-R-S. So Tesla's fleet will, fleet will be a full lineup of sexy cars. Great. Uh, Toyota has trademarked a name, the name Grand Highlander. God help us. So we need a bigger SUV than the Highlander. In the fleet, I guess they saw some sort of white space between that and the gigantic Sequoia, so they decided that they needed to have something that's bigger. We don't know if it's really going to be made, but it's it's likely that if they trademarked it, that they're uh, considering it as something as a possibility. Uh, Jeep has announced the all-new 2021 uh, Grand Cherokee L. The L means it has three rows. It, uh, it's been 10 years that the last Jeep since the last Jeep Grand Cherokee uh, came out, and it was based on a shared uh, Mercedes-Benz and Jeep platform. Uh, that was a long time ago at this point. You know, it seems like ages ago. Uh, it's, been far, it's been far too long of a wait for the new generation Grand Cherokee, but it's finally here. Uh, Jeep says it will go on sale in Q2 of 2021, so that's coming up fairly soon. This will be the largest interaction uh, of the of the largest iteration of the new Jeep Grand Cherokee, and of course there will be the standard Grand Cherokee with just two rows. This will be Jeep's largest unibody car. The upcoming Wagoneer and Gra Grand Wagoneer will be built on a Ram platform, so it's a body on frame as opposed to a unibody. Uh, the engines for the new Grand Cherokee are carryovers. There's the 3.6-liter Pentastar V6 uh, and the 5.7-liter Hemi V8. Uh, those will be the two uh, engines offered. Horsepower figures are around 290 horsepower for the 6 and 357 for the V8. The only transmission will be the polished ZF 8-speed automatic. A rear-wheel drive option will be available on base models, but most will have one of Jeep's multi multiple available four-wheel drive uh, systems. Uh, the interior is a huge upgrade. It really looks very nice from all the pictures and all the reports on it. And you can see the pictures online on the Jeep website. Uh, there was an important car of the year announcement. The 2021 Mustang Mach-E was named the North American Utility of the Year. Uh, this is from uh, who is it? Oh, this was the uh, from the people who usually do the Detroit Auto Show. They always have the you know the the, the Detroit automotive press gets together and and has these awards. They didn't have an auto show this year, but they you know it's they're going to name them all the the, the award winners anyway. So the 2021 Mustang Mach E was named North American Utility of the Year. The 2021 Ford F-150 was named uh, the North American Truck of the Year. And the 2021 Hyundai Elantra was named the North American Car of the Year. Uh, interesting choices in a, you know, a foregone, it was a foregone conclusion that the new F-150 would be named Truck of the Year. Uh, but it was the only new, because it was the only new truck introduced in 2020 for the 2021 model year. The Mustang Mach-E barely delivered one car in, 20, in 2020, uh, but hey, uh, they like it. It's, uh, it's U.S.-based. Uh, it uh, did not win. Uh, it won against the U.S. manufactured Tesla Model Y. Uh, 
they're similar. The Model Y and the Mach-E are very similar in shape and size and, and uh, how much cargo they, they carry. So that's kind of a good competition. But the Tesla's a little more, I guess, considered luxury. Uh, but since uh, they aren't, you know, they're not even allowed to sell Tesla in Michigan, I don't think they get considered very often. Uh, the Hyundai Elantra actually is an excellent redesign. I'm just surprised it won. I mean, that they even noticed it. I, it must have been pushed behind the, the scenes by Hyundai. Reports are out that General Motors will build Honda EVs. That's right, Honda EVs in Mexico and in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Uh, the two vehicles will, of course, be crossovers for uh, the Honda and Acura brand, brand and will be about the same size as the large Cadillac Lyric. Uh, Honda and GM entered into a partnership earlier this year uh, to use GM's new but yet-to-be-produced Ultium battery platform with Honda vehicles. Currently, GM's factory in Zapi, Mexico, uh, builds the Equinox and Blazer crossovers. There are reports that GM plans to convert that plant to EV production, but GM hasn't confirmed that yet. Uh, the all-new Honda EV will be about the size of the pilot, is slated to go into production in 2023. Uh, on the Acura side, a second crossover is slated to start production in 2024, but that one will be in at the Spring Hill, Tennessee facility, along with the upcoming Cadillac Lyric. I'm Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio. If you need to call us, our studio number is 760-544-8255. Um, let's, continue, let's continue with some car news. Um, there is going to be a 2022 Ford Maverick. That's right. The Maverick name is returning, except this time it's going to be a compact pickup truck. It'll be based on the Bronco Sport, which itself is based on the Ford Escape, which is, itself is a, a crossover that's basically a Ford Focus. Uh, the unibody Maverick will be built in Ford's uh, Hermosillo, Mexico facility. Uh, the small, they call it trucklet, is expected to join Ford's U.S. lineup <clears throat> as an, you know, as an entry-level option, smaller than the and less expensive than the midsize Ranger, sometime in early 2022. Um, it kind of looks like a scaled-down chunky F-150 from all the the shots that have been taken of it uh, in a pre-production facility in Mexico. So it's not a Ford. So it doesn't look like a Ford uh, Focus with a pickup bed. I actually think it'll be a good seller simply because there's been a market for a long time for smaller pickup trucks and nobody's making them. You know, the, the Toyota Tacoma and the Nissan Frontier are the only two playing in that space. And I think that there's something a little bit smaller and maybe uh, more comfortable and car-like I think would be a good, a good thing to have. And if Ford makes it look trucky enough, I think it will sell well. Uh, during GM's uh, 20 during GM's 2021 CES presentation, it announced a new electric commercial van division. So this is the first time they've had a new division since they introduced Saturn, you know, decades ago. And it's got a weird name. It's called Bright Drop, and it's all one word except, you know, it's a capital B and a capital D. So the first vehicle will be purpose built for FedEx. So it's a delivery van called the EV600. It's designed to house uh, EP1 uh, electric module pallets uh, powered by in-wheel motors that can carry up to 200 pounds at speeds up to three miles per hour. Uh, so it's going to be so it's a, a platform that actually has a platform within it that like a you know electric pallet. Um, 
So FedEx is the first customer, and they have a second customer that they announced that we'll talk about l- a little bit later because you know, these these are a lot of you know you know this this is a big deal to electrify this kind of a fleet, uh, and this comes on the heels. Of course, we know that uh, Jeff Bezos at Amazon had ordered a fleet of a hundred thousand delivery vans for for Amazon's fleet, and that's from Rivian. Uh, Rivian has uh, is uh, the upcoming pickup truck and SUV builder based in Normal, Illinois. They also have offices in Southern California, and it's sort of a lifestyle brand for people who like to go off-roading. Uh, but 100,000 Rivian vans would be a big deal for Amazon's U.S. fleet because it, you know, it certainly lowers its, uh, its carbon footprint. Uh, and I think that's important to both uh, Amazon and FedEx and this new company that, that are going be, to be coming in to this spot. And I expect to see more of these as time comes along. So uh, we've got a lot more news when we get back. but uh, And we also have some interesting, some fun things uh, in our second hour with Bring a Trailer. And I've got some things from Consumer Reports that might be interesting, like, I know, here's a car you like, but here's, but there are better choices out there in the marketplace. So we'll go over those. This is Todd Bianco, all revved up on iHub Radio, and we'll be right back. Jones Agency. At Jones Agency, we are virtually unstoppable. 24-7, 365. As the leading creative shop in the Inland Empire, it's our role to continue providing the best thinking and strategic leadership, especially during these challenging times. As we all learn to create and adapt to our new normal, at Jones, we're one step ahead providing fully integrated marketing services to you the moment you need them at a cost you can afford. And that's our promise. We are here to help your businesses weather the storm, refocus your dreams, and maybe even eliminate some of the barriers. Call us today for a free assessment. 760-325-1437, extension 206. 760-325-1437, extension 206. Hashtag Stronger Together. From Detroit and beyond, Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. Welcome back. This is Todd. Our number in the studio is 760-544-8255. Before the break, I was talking about General Motors' new uh, electric van division that they named Bright Drop, which I still think is a stupid name, but okay. Uh, And I said that their first customer was going to be FedEx. Uh, Just announced, I think, today is that there is uh, 
a new customer who's going to a big order. They're called Merchants Fleet, and they're the fastest growing fleet management company in the United States. They've ordered 12,600 Bright, Stop e- Bright Drop EV 600 cargo vans. Uh, the first deliveries are expected to take place in 2023. Um, Merchants Fleet moved to add such a large number of uh, uh, Bright Drop vans to their portfolio signals their strong commitment to accelerating the electric fleet uh, movement and their belief that Bright Drop solutions will, gosh, well, I still hate that name, uh, will uh, help them and their uh, clients achieve a greener and more efficient future. Okay, Bright, um, they aim to have 50% of their mobility f- uh, fleet portfolio electric by 2025, and 50% of its managed fleet portfolio fully electric by 2050, I mean by 2030. I think a lot of this has to do with California's push to go sell only electric cars by uh, 2035. You'll still obviously be able to buy and sell uh, used vehicles that are regular uh, ICE engines. Uh, But a lot lot of times you're going to find that people, once once they've gone electric, they don't go back. Plus, there will be other you know, there's going to be other makers in the market. Obviously, uh, Tesla says eventually that they'll make a van, a uh, delivery type van. They've, uh, you'll also see, I'm sure, the uh, Daimler, I mean, or, or Mercedes Benz has a truck division and they'll probably have an electric de- delivery van, uh, as will probably a Ram delivery van and other, you know, other mar- makers will have things out in the market. So, you know, right now that demand couldn't be filled, but eventually it will be able to be filled. Uh, let's see. Uh, Toyota. Toyota has agreed uh, to pay an $180 million uh, fine to the EPA over Clean Air Act violations. Uh, the Japanese automaker has settled with the federal government over a decade-long, decades-long mission uh, defect reporting violation between 2020, between 2015 and and. 2005 and 2015, Toyota failed to follow proper reporting procedures for emissions-related issues uh, on its vehicles in the U.S. market, according to the EPA. Toyota employees in Japan knew about the issues but failed to correct them. They just didn't care is what it really came down to. They said it's negligible, we don't care, and $180 million is nothing to them. And that's probably true. Um, they don't really, They don't really care about that. Um, after pressure from regulators, Tesla is recalling near, nearly 135,000 cars in the United States. Uh, actually, it's at worldwide, including the 2012 through 2018 Model S and the 2016 through 2018 Model X for an issue with their uh, main touchscreen displays that could uh, cause loss of the rearview camera display and other functions. In Tesla speak, the MCU, which is their media control unit, uh, controls all of the functions of the car that are critical to safety. Uh, the source of the problem is is the touchscreen's NVIDIA Tegra 3 processor and its integrated 8-gigabyte eMMC flash memory chip. When the chip reacts, uh, reaches a lifetime wear, it can no longer maintain file system integrity. To fix the problem, Tesla will replace the uh, vehicle chip management daughter board with an enhanced eMMC controller. Uh, Tesla's dissatisfaction with NVIDIA led um, to Tesla designing its own MCU uh, chipset for later models, including the Model 3 and Model Y. Um, So, yeah, uh, Tesla didn't specify how many they'd already done, but they've been doing 
Uh, they've been doing fixes on this particular issue for a couple of years now. And most of the times they charge the owner, I don't know, $1,000 or something like that. But uh, it hasn't been a huge amount by comparison. And oftentimes what Tesla will do is they will get the owner to upgrade their chipset uh, to the latest uh, full self-driving uh, processor that uh, Tesla made uh, in-house and is being produced by Samsung for Tesla. So uh, oftentimes that that really is how they get people to come in. They said, well, why don't you just upgrade the whole thing and you know we'll charge you one fee for the everything. And that's how they've done it. They may have to refund some of those uh, that they've already charged companies people for but it's something that's important because you know if the screen fails in tesla you know basically you can't see anything the car will still drive but uh you know without any controls for the hvac or or the uh, infotainment or anything else it's kind of a you know you're flying you know blind basically it's like all the all the instruments were good to go out in your regular car but it's still you know started and ran and that's what would happen uh, this is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio. Uh, we've got uh, more that's coming up in the next uh, half hour. We've got more news. It's Todd Bianco talking cars and trucks on iHub Radio's All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Uh, this is Todd Bianco. Our phone number is 760-544-8255. Uh, a little bit more news. Uh, this 2021 is the last year that Toyota will sell the Land Cruiser in the United States. Now, you probably forgot they even sold it. They've only sold like 3,000 of them last year, and they started around $90,000, so that you know, they're not exactly cheap. And the uh, average fuel economy is 13 miles per gallon, which is absolutely abysmal for a Toyota. Uh, there will be a next-generation Land Cruiser, but it won't be sold here. Uh, the much-anticipated Volkswagen ID Buzz, which is the reincarnation of the VW bus, has been delayed again until late 2023 instead of 2022. Uh, this product would, get, would give VW a huge halo car. Uh, particularly in the North American market where it needs something like a halo. It would sell out instantly, but hey, that's, you know, what's another delay? Uh, the microbus will be built at VW's commercial vehicle facil- facility uh, in Hanover, Germany, uh, alongside an upcoming uh, commercial electric van. So VW needs more time to retool the factory for EV production, hence the delay according to Automotive News. Uh, VW is already building the ID3 hatchback and ID4 crossover, uh, but those are being done in separate factories, uh, one in the United States eventually, but right now it's in uh, Zwackau, Germany. Um, just what we needed, in another crossover? Uh, yeah, I guess since Ford was... I guess successful. We we haven't even really seen it, but Ford is supposedly successful with the Mustang Mach-E. Uh, General Motors wants to make a Corvette electric crossover. What a surprise! But probably would sell better than the regular Corvette. Who knows? But uh, that's that's another thing that's being considered right now. Uh, Kia is axing two sedans in the United States because they're not selling well. Uh, the excellence, um, but uh, very slow selling K900 flagship. Uh, and the next, uh, which I think you should buy right now, is an Uber Black driver. And the Cadenza, also good for Uber Black, won't return after the 2021 model year. Uh, death begins literally like this, you know, right now, uh, which means that they're going to stop bringing them in. So Kia 
Last year sold just 305, 305 of the K900s and only 1,265 of the Catenza. Both are really excellent luxury cars. One is a rear drive car with the big one is the K900 and the other one is a front drive car with uh, lots of space. I just think that you can probably get a hell of a deal right now on one of them uh, at your local Kia dealer. Tesla Model Y was crash-tested by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, and it achieved top-tier results in every possible way. Not only did the Model Y achieve an overall rating of five stars, but it got five stars in every single category, a frontal side as well as rollover, which was um, – which uses static and dynamic methods to consider the likelihood of a single vehicle rollover crash. The Model Y, uh, the Model Y hadn't been test, has not been tested yet by the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, but uh, they expect that it will have the same high ratings once it's tested by them. Uh, the Brit uh, magazine Auto Car. Uh, is reporting that Rolls-Royce will enter the EV market uh, with a bespoke silver shadow. Now, I've, that's, that's actually a pretty good name, which is based on the Phantom platform uh, using a BMW i7 motors uh, and a huge battery. It has to be huge to, 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 you know, to power a car that big. So details are yet to be announced, uh, but there's something will come out at the end of 2021. Uh, battery-powered Phantom prototype is already running around BMW's Munich R&D hub. Uh, Rolls-Royce has elected to skip over using hybrids in favor of the leap directly to uh, electric ultra-luxury sedans. Uh, the battery pack easily will exceed 100 kilowatt hours. My guess is it'll be closer to 200 kilowatt hours because it has to, you know, it has to have a long, long range. And frankly, when you're paying prices for the Phantom, what's the cost of a little battery? Um, let's, let's switch gears for a second. Consumer Reports put out, they do this every year popular cars to avoid and what to buy instead. So they give us sort of a list of cars that, that are very, very popular that people continue to buy regardless. And they say, well, you know, there are better alternatives out there. And they sort of try to nudge you uh, in, into considering something else. And so I thought it would be fun to go over some of the things they have on the list. Uh, for example, here's the popular small car to avoid. And they list the Volkswagen Jetta. It isn't scored very well by their by their uh, their readers, um, and uh, it has lower than average predicted reliability, and it only has mediocre owner satisfaction. And although they say it performs well on their objective test, its overall scores are too low for it to be recommended. On the plus side, the car side on the plus side, the car has easy to use controls, gets great fuel economy, and has a roomy cabin. Uh, blah, blah, blah. But they say that the, there are better alternatives. And for example, they say that the Toyota Corolla uh, is a better alternative um, and uh, it's less money or about the same amount of money. And it gets a very good fuel economy as well and has much better predicted reliability uh, and much better owner satisfaction. Uh, and then, then they list one that's under the radar screen. They really like the new Nissan Sentra. The 2021 Nissan Sentra was completely redesigned for the 2021 model year. Um, they say it gets great ride comfort. Uh, handling agility is good. Easy to use controls. Good rear seat comfort and space and braking performance. But it does have a front seat short on lower back support. And uh, foot-operated parking brake, which they thought was kind of strange, uh, at least in a modern car. And the headlight performance they didn't think was as good as it could be. Uh, 
So there's uh, there's some alternatives to the very popular Jetta. Although I haven't seen too many Jettas out there lately. I think basically Volkswagen is moving to- towards essentially an all SUV lineup as well because their their car the Passat and the uh, and the uh, Jetta are not selling well. Uh, even the Golf, they're only going to bring in the GTI and the Golf Type R to the United States market. They're not going to bring in the regular Golf anymore. Uh, then they say, here's a great one, very popular, is the Ford Escape. Ford sells you know, hundreds of thousands of these vehicles, except it has much lower than average predicted reliability. And the owner satisfaction is only mediocre. So they say the escape, escape lacks the fundamentals to compete with the best small SUVs. Uh, key concern is a well below average predicted reliability. In our test, the standard 1.5 liter turbo three-cylinder engine returned 26 miles per gallon, which is good. Although it provided, provided sufficient oomph, the uh, engine transmits annoying vibrations and low speeds. At low speeds, handling is nimble and secure, which makes the escape fun to drive. But we found that the ride had an underlying firmness and the oversensitive brake pedal makes it a challenge to smoothly come to a stop. And they didn't like all of the controls, blah, blah, blah. But there are better alternatives. And they list, obviously, one of their favorite crossover in that category, which is the Mazda CX-5, which has, uh, you know, owners love it. And it has a much higher than average predicted reliability. Um, they like it because it also has standard forward closing warning, automatic emergency bro- uh, braking, and blind spot uh, and blind spot, spot um, coverage. Uh it has a uh, reason to skip, so the visibility that they don't think is great, and, the, and they think that the uh, controls could be better. And uh, one that you might not consider in that category is the uh, is uh, the Chevy uh, Equinox. They actually think it's pretty decent, even though it's got you know mediocre, you know, it's sort of middle of the road. But they say it's you know it's it's really not a bad uh, car, and they recommend it. And owner, owners seem to like the Equinox very much. Um, so yeah, so there's, uh, one, you know, it's, it's interesting to see, um, and under the radar choice, they've got, uh, the, um, that, that, that was the, that was the, um, Equinox and then popular midsize that they say she should avoid is the Honda Passport. Now that's not the Honda Pilot. That's the, the Passport is supposed to be the outdoorsy, ruggedy version of, something that honda wants you to buy i don't see very many of these being sold at all i mean i either see the crv or the, or the pilot i very rarely see a passport so i don't think they're selling that well but you know it has lower than predicted reliability and only mediocre owner satisfaction um they like the v6 engine in it and the nine-speed automatic uh but they uh, they didn't like the infotainment system it was it was it was uh it res- uh, responded too slowly uh, they don't like the push button gear selector. It's tricky to use without looking down. Uh, the interior is roomy and full of handy storage places, but uh, f- uh, f- forward collision warning and automatic emergency brake braking are standard on all passports, but uh, blind spot warning is not standard on the base tr- trim. Uh, finally, it has a lower than predicted average uh, reliability and a popular alternative that they list would be uh, the Ford Edge. Surprisingly, the Ford comes in with a win here, 
uh, which, by the way, I, I think that they're you know quite handsome. The redesign of the forward edge, I think, looks pretty good. And uh, it has a higher than average predictive reliability. And owners seem to like it, not love it, but they seem to like it. They like the quiet interior, the agile handling, uh, braking performance, easy to use controls, and standard forward collision warning, automatic emergency braking with pedestrian uh, detection and blind spot warning. So that was a good one. Reason to skip is its compromised driving position. So you have to know if it fits you or not. And under the radar, they list the uh, Nissan Murano, not the Rogue. They list the Nissan Murano. It uh, says predictor reliability is higher than average. Uh, it has a plush interior. It actually looks quite nice. Uh, easy cabin access, straightforward infotainment system, very good reliability, standard forward collision warning, automatic emergency braking uh, with pedestrian detection and blind spot warning. Uh, reason to skip is it has poor uh, rear visibility and overall steering uh, light steering hurts the agility. And it doesn't have a very high towing capacity. So... Here's another one, a popular midsize three-row to avoid is the Ford Explorer. They've been begging on the new Explorer since it was introduced. This is the uh, rear-drive-based Explorer, uh, which used to be front-drive-based, but is now it's rear-drive. Uh, they say even though it has uh, recently redesigned, the Explorer is only a, a middling SUV in a category with some strong competition. Uh, it has the four-cylinder turbocharged engine. You can also get it with the V6. Uh, it uh, does have uh, uh, all, all the sa- safety features like forward collision warning are standard, but it, it's well below average in predicted reliability, uh, further driving down its overall score. And a popular alternative would be they absolutely love the Kia Telluride. It gets very, very high marks from its owners. Uh, it is uh, better than predicted reliability and really, really loved by its owners. So, uh, they say it's not very agile, but reasons to buy is that it's uh, quiet, the ride is good, braking is good, interior room is good, controls are excellent, standard equipment for the price, excellent, uh, standard, all the, all the various safety features are standard, they really like it. And under the radar for this particular category, they list the Mazda CX-9, which is a little bit smaller than the other ones, so it's a little more cramped, but it has high predicted reliability, and owners absolutely love the car. Uh, although I don't, I don't think you'd, anybody really wants to fit in the third row. And the rear visibil- visibility is poor, but it does have, you know, they like everything else about the CX-9. And they like a lot of Mazdas, but, they, you know, Mazda doesn't sell nearly as many as they could. Uh, this is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Ripped Up on iHerb Radio. When we get back, we have some more car news. Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged. 
but not required. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Last month, Rivian, my favorite EV startup right now, collected another $2.65 billion in venture capital money. Uh, so that means that the total VC money plowed into Rivian is in the neighborhood of $8 billion so far. And I have no doubt that it will be needed to uh, get its first truck to market, which is coming soon, within probably within the next four to six months. Uh, the current round of funding comes from Fidelity Management and Research Company, uh, Amazon's uh, Climate Pledge Fund, uh, D1 Capital Partners, plus several other existing and new investors, whatever that means. Uh, Rivian is uh, has avoided going public either through a traditional IPO or a reverse merger with a SPAC, which is a special purpose acquisition company. But a lot of these EV companies have been doing uh, that I'm not sure how, what their you know prospects are when they go through that way. But uh, Rivian has avoided all the negative things with that. Uh, Microsoft has become a big investor in General Motors' autonomous affiliate Cruise. Uh, Microsoft, together with existing investors, G General Motors and Honda, as well as some institutional investors, injected another $2 billion in a round of funding, bringing Cruise's uh, post uh, money valuation to $30 billion. However, Microsoft's deal is more than just a pure investment play. Microsoft and Cruise plan to work together, with Cruise set to leverage Microsoft's Azure cloud and edge computing platform for its future fleet of self-driving vehicles. Uh, GM, Cruise's biggest shareholder, uh, already uses Azure for its cloud computing needs. By contrast, Tesla manages its own data and cloud computing through its Dojo supercomputer. Uh, at the same time, it was discovered that on January 12th, GM filed for a trademark for the name HyperCruise, which hints at a fully autonomous driver assist feature. For I guess probably for General Motors cars, but not just for Cruise. Uh, Cruise is going to make its own version of like autonomous taxis and sort of like you know bread loaf things that move around cities or closed areas like a campus. Um, there's some. Uh, BMW, this is some good news. So let's have something that's not good. BMW has a new M5 variant for you. So the 2022 BMW M5 CS is very fast. Very, very fast. The CS shaves 230 pounds off the standard Porky M5. The 4.4-liter twin-turbo uh, V8 pumps out a healthy 672 horsepower and 533 pound-feet of torque. The standard all-wheel drive uh, X-Drive system is channeled through uh, the regular uh, v ZF 8-speed automatic that BMW uses. Uh, this says, BMW says the M5 CS can hit 60 miles per hour in 2.9 seconds. That's the fastest M car ever. Um, BMW chucked a bunch of aluminum uh, parts in favor of carbon fiber. So, you know, that's expensive. And the springs are stiffer. The car was lowered by 0.2 inches. It has extra dynamic dampening controls to help the uh, driver keep control of the car. And finally, the engineers upped the quality of the shoes on to Pirelli P0 Corsa rubber at a no-cost option. Well, it should be a no-cost option because it starts at $142,995. Uh, 
uh, the of course, you all can always add on lots of BMW options to that. Uh, the 2022 M5 CX will only be made for the 2022 model year. Uh, look forward in the second half of 2021. No doubt they will sell out instantly. Ah, General Motors isn't waiting around for Nikola Motors to Nikola is supposedly the one that's uh, they're they're sort of in trouble for cheating investors right now and they're or for allegedly cheating investors and they were going to build a hydrogen uh, class eight or class seven uh, vehicle with General Motors and that didn't happen and they were going to build the Nikola Badger pickup truck with General Motors and that didn't happen. Uh, but they were going to be using General Motors tech to do the entire thing instead of their own tech. So GM uh, is working with uh, an established big truck company. You've, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's Navistar International to put some 2,000 fuel cell semis, each with a range of more than 500 miles and a 15-minute refueling time to use in near term. So whatever that means. Uh, General Motors will deploy its long-developed hydrotech um fuel cell stack for the trucks. Uh, transport and logistics company J.B. Hunt will be the initial partner for the project. J.B. Hunt has 521 unique locations uh, that the hydrogen hardware can be fitted into. So that's the uh, fueling infrastructure with anywhere between five and 200 trucks based at each location. So they can, you know, J.B. Hunt has the way, you know, has the, the infrastructure that they have right now and they can add the hydrogen fueling to that. And so that's certainly a way to do it. It's certainly better than, you know, what Nikola was going to do. They were going to build out their own uh, hydrogen fueling infrastructure and they never did it. Uh, more in General Motors. They've announced this past week, and it was a big deal that splashed all over the uh, the headlines, is that they are going to be all electric fleets by 2035 and carbon neutral, the entire company, by 2040. That means there will be no Corvette with a big V8 engine, no huge pickup trucks with diesel power. Uh, however, you know, it won't be long before there are a ton of electric pickup trucks on the market and truck people will see the superiority of electric powertrains for doing the kind of work pickup trucks are meant for. There will be some holdouts, of course, but uh, GM says they're going to be all electric by 2025. I think that might be a little too late. Uh, I think they should have said 2030. Uh, during Tesla's fourth quarter full earnings call this week, Elon Musk confirmed that the Tesla Roadster would be delayed again, this time till 2022. Musk said that the engineering would be complete in 2021 and that it would go into production in 2022. It'll use Tesla's new advanced 4680 uh, power cells. That's just the size of them, uh, 46 millimeters by 80 millimeters. Uh, and the new chemistry with a 200 kilowatt battery hour pack uh, built into the structure of the car. Uh, Musk has also hinted that uh, the, you know, he announced the Model S Plaid Plus. That's the new performance one. And he hinted that the past, uh, he's hinted at that in the past, and that, it, um, you know, so that's going to be very, very fast as well. And they also introduced the new Model S and the new Model X with a yoke-style steering wheel and no steering column stocks. So there's. To do turn signals and those kinds of functions, there's little, you know, you, there's buttons on the steering wheel and they're embedded that, you know, they're just touch sensitive uh, for that. And to change gears, he says that the car will read its own, your mind and do what's right. 
there is no selection except for some there'll be override on the on the, uh, the car's dash when we come back it'll be bring a trailer a trailer time with john mcmullen this is todd bianco all revved up i hope radio we'll be right back 